You guys are listening to The Dollop on the All Things Comedy Network. Uh, now we're going to play a live episode that we recorded uh, last month in Madison, uh, Wisconsin. And uh, I want to thank uh, our researcher, uh, Shirin Sajapur, who did a fantastic job. I think her husband helped, uh, but, uh, but really great. Thank you. Yellow. No. Yeah. No. 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 Goddamn it! I'm fucking from this goddamn state. Have some respect. This is dairy country. That's what this is. Uh, you're listening to the dollop. This is a bi-racial uh, American history podcast. Uh, it's getting weird that you say that now. Each week, <laughs> I, iPad owner, hater of cheese curds, <laughs> a fish eater, still eat fish, Dave Anthony reads a story from American history to his nemesis. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. We're not enemies. You're like that, what was that wrestler, Handsome George, who would always walk into places and just talk shit for, like, nonstop? You, that's what, every city we go to, you just talk shit. And the best part is how you won people back by just saying you like fish. That's how popular fish is here. That's how people easy like, oh, it is. Oh, he likes fish. That'll be fine. You guys got walleyes here? Or is that just... Oh, uh, uh, here no. we go. Do we have walleyes? Fucking fantastic walleye. All right. We're in the show part. I didn't you guys want to wanna talk oh, about walleyes nope. for a while? No, no, no. No. Nope. No, 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 no. Because uh, I'm assuming there's an eye issue. I'll talk about Wally. That's a good movie. Oh, the, f- the, uh, the future? <laughs> yeah. The documentary. <laughs> Did you ever think about how many people are on the ship? Not that many. Well, Dave, uh, yes, that's the plan. It's the ship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, let's not get into the ship talk yet. <laughs> it's early. <laughs> June eighth, eighteen sixty-seven. Frank Lincoln Wright was born in Richland Center, Wisconsin. Yeah? Strong. That was a little... It can't be that great, I gotta be honest. For the enthusiasm I felt, I don't think anyone in this country feels for where they're from. I, I like how you're going to do the show in the position of Stephen Hawking tonight. Ah. Did he die? He passed away, yes. Yes. Whiskey. Yeah, whiskey got him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's killing so many. Uh, uh, so he's born to William Wright and Anna Jones. 
William was an orator, a music teacher, a lawyer, a tax collector, a classical composer, a part-time doctor, and an editor. And a what? And a minister. And a Jesus Christ. Uh, and a business card owner? Hopefully he, not. He had a hard time keeping a job is basically what that oh, means. Oh, okay. So it's not that he's a jack of all trades. No, he just was trying to uh, get was, by. Right, okay. Uh, his, mo- his mother, uh, Frank's mother, Anne, was a devout Unitarian and school teacher. Okay. For Zephyr Unitarian, or <laughs> I don't know how many people you thought were going to get on board, but they were not there. It was not that did that not was happen. One lonely. By the way, you are Unitarian in your yells too. That was a solo yell. One, me. I'm a Unitarian. It's just me. It's only mine. Uh, so William, uh, uh, William had had a previous wife who died, and uh, he, so he had three kids when he married Anna. Okay. Uh, Anna did not like her stepchildren. Okay, that's yeah. Uh, she was Anna was not really a normal woman for the time. She was very independent, strong-willed, very strict. Mm-hmm. Uh, she rode horses astride like a man. Oh. Progress. Uh, while. While wearing a soldier's cape with a hood and brass buttons. Well, that changed quickly. I wasn't as impressed as I am now. Okay. She was much taller than her husband, William. Uh, and she was manic. She had it all. Her ravings were so intense that she, was, she would exhaust herself and then have to stay in bed for days. That's tough. That you're like, no, I'm sorry. Oh God, now she's gone for a week. Oh, she's, I, well, there's no resolution. But she screamed for nine hours and went to bed. All right. Yeah, that's tough. That's a tough day. Yeah. Oh, I'm almost done. I'm so exhausted. But you really, this whole thing has just been total bullshit. And I am. I gotta. <sighs> Honey. Mm, you're such bullshit. You are. Mm. You don't know how to ride a horse. <laughs> Fucking prick him back up. You son of an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she beat her stepdaughter Elizabeth with a meat tenderizer. Jesus Christ. That is like. Is that? That, that trumps. Uh, the, uh, what, is, is there a worse thing to get beat with? Well, but is that bad though? Because she. Like, yes, she that so- is bad. Softened her up a little bit. No, it doesn't soften her up. She's not maybe, chicken fried human. Maybe she had like not. Maybe she had like knots. N- well, no, it's not a Theragun, you she prick. No, out. no, no. I no. mean, it might be relaxing to get beat by a meat tenderizer. <laughs> Afterwards, you're like, oh, I feel loose. Uh, get me in the pan. <laughs> that is fucking crazy. Uh, I mean, how? Uh, that yeah. is tough. I can't wrap my head around that. It's brutal. When she was uh, when Anna was expecting her first baby, Frank, she said he would quote grow up to build beautiful buildings. What? She's she's got Nostra No. Damas. Then uh, when he was a baby, she decorated his nursery completely with pictures of English English cathedrals. Well, there you go. That's how you do it. Anna did not trust teachers to educate Frank, so sure. she, she taught him herself. Good. That's always good. That's happening more and more in a good way. 
Now, there was an, uh, an education tool that was a series of geometrically shaped blocks kids could assemble in various combinations mm-hmm. to form a 3D structures. Huh? Legos. <laughs> Again, are we learning about shouting out? Don't do it. It doesn't work out great. Uh, so, uh, so this was the basis of his education. This was like... He was just what block. She, yeah, that's what the that's what everything came from in his education. So this would be like predicting that your kid is going to be a baseball player and then locking it in a room with bats and balls and being <laughs> like, right. "There we go." Yeah, it seems to have gravitated towards it. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Uh, young Frank loved nature. Anna said he had a quote delicate psychology. I think that she's calling him a pussy. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's a better way to put it. One time, Frank saw some farmers plowing a field of wild daisies, and he ran over to try to save as many as he could. Oh, dear Dave. This is, this is sad but hilarious. I mean, good Lord. And threw himself in front of the plow. What? And He's then... Tiananmen squaring daisies? <laughs> that is quite a hill to die upon. Not my daisies! And then he laid in the grass, weeping. <laughs> Delicate psychology. Yeah. Uh, what did she call him? Uh, she said he had a delicate psychology. He sure does. <laughs> he is. Uh, so Anna was worried Frank was becoming too effeminate. Okay. So she sent him to her brother's farm to work and, quote, become a man. That sounds like a tough summer. It's how it works. That's how uh, I was gay, and then uh, they just sent me to a farm. Uh Uh-huh, right. And then that was it. Okay. And I was fucking animals. What? Yeah, it didn't go the way I thought it would. Uh, It took a really, it took a sharp right turn. This is what Unitarians believe, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. That's what the whole thing's based on. Cow fucking. Yeah. Pig fucking. Cheese curds come from. Yep. When Dave fucks a cow. What? So you make a cheese curd, they pop out the mouth while you're banging away. This is, this can't happen anymore. You know how many people were listening to this podcast for the first time and turned it off? A lot. Many. Understandable. I want to go. Uh huh. Uh, So, Frank hated working on a farm, but he did like studying the surrounding landscape. He was super into nature, right? Okay. now, William, like I said, couldn't hold a job, so the family was moving a lot. Uh, so Frank, you know, he moves back with them. And then he was 14. When he was 14, that's when Anna started beating up William physically Ugh. and then told him to leave. Wait, she's beating William? Yeah, she's bigger than him. So is she, like, tenderizing him? Well, I don't know if she's... <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if she still has that. I like but... the idea that she wears a cape and uses that tenderizer like Thor's hammer. Yeah, well, look, she's a... Like, she just puts her hand out, and it's like... Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I'll be in bed for a week. Um, okay. So, so she would beat William and she would tell Frank to roll when she was going to beat him. Yeah, well, no, Frank would watch it. Oh, great. Okay, sorry. I thought it was going to be a bad thing. No, no, it's good. And then, uh, and then uh, you know, she asked, she asked William to go. She says, get the fuck out. So then William sues Anna for a lack of physical affection. (laughs) That's delicately put. Boy, they're really understaters. 
They sound like they're. It sounds like it was a great marriage. Yeah. No, for sure. She sounds great. Yeah. After the divorce, Frank never saw his father again. Okay. Okay. So he's going to be raised in the comforting environment, which is good. Yep. Uh, so then Frank changed his middle name from Lincoln to Lloyd to honor his mother's side of the family. Okay. His name is now Frank Lloyd Wright. Right. Frank had no high school diploma because he was educated at home. Yeah, but the blocks. The blocks. Yeah. But Anna somehow got him into the University of Wisconsin. Congratulations. Uh, he dropped out after two semesters. Okay. It's weird how that gets more applause. That shows you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He moved, uh, he moved to Chicago, got a job as a draftsman at an architectural firm. Okay. Uh, he did well. Soon he became an apprentice at uh, Adler & Sullivan, a much bigger uh, architectural firm. Sure. And he didn't get along with the other draftsmen and would often get into fistfights with them. Okay. <laughs> nice. Nice. Just how, you know, that's just kind of how architecture that's is. That's how architecture works, right? It's yeah. really brutal. Yeah. Usually, to get to the top of a, of a firm, you have to kill like four or five yeah. other Well, that's why they had to do so much work with those tubes, so that they could just flog each other at that's work right. whenever. Yeah. It's a brutal environment. Well, that's architecture. Yeah. Uh, so Frank became very close to Sullivan and was taken under his wing. Okay. Frank met Catherine Lee... Kitty Tobin, that's her nickname, Kitty. Kitty. At a costume party. Well, kidoki. Yeah. All right. All right. Kitty at a costume party. I like. Yeah. There's a bee about to go in your head. It's fine. It's totally fine. It's normal. It's very Wisconsin. It's very nice. It's a big boy. Yeah. Uh, So they got married two years later on June 1st, uh, 1889. Okay. Sullivan gave Frank a $5,000 loan as a wedding gift. That's a loan as a gift? What <laughs> kind of shit gift? It's... I'm going to do that next wedding I go to. That's how you fucking... I, it, it is my honor to give you guys $2,000 to borrow. <laughs> Whenever you can get it back. 14. I'm not going to be crazy about it, but under five years, something like that. Yeah, just a four, four, Again, congrats. 14% interest. That's 14%. It. A... I'm going to do that. It sounds great. I'm so happy for you guys. What a ceremony. Uh, but get it back quick. Yeah, Make I'm gonna this need, a big focus. I'm going to need like a monthly vig. Listen, yeah. if you're late on a payment, yeah. all right, your well, new lady date, here, yeah, all right, she's going to lose you... a fucking eye. Okay, well, no, no, okay. no, 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 no. We're saying it's a, we had you a got, great time. You got we had it? a great, we had an unbelievable time. And what we're saying is we do want to pay back, but there will be no violence. I mean, we don't want to get violent. Dave yeah. here is obviously a bit of a pit bull. <laughs> but, I'm uh, just saying, she's got beautiful eyes, you know what I mean? Yeah, and we will want to keep them both in her head. Nobody is pitching to get rid of her eyeballs too hard. <laughs> Any will be, it was fantastic to be here. <laughs> it was. Uh, don't say anything else because I know you want to. I'll take a finger out. All right, we're good. Thank you. Shuttle takes a while, doesn't it? Good Lord. Uh, so he, he uh, took the money and he used it to design and build a house in Oak Park. Okay. Anna moved next door to the young couple, which... Comfortable. Uh, <laughs> comfortable thing and she, to have happen. She did not like Kitty. She did not great, want him to marry great, Kitty. This is nice. This yeah. is good. Like a dark everybody loves Raymond. And it's I'm sure, perfect. And I'm... And I'm sure Anna, Anna never said anything because she seems like a very quiet, nice lady who wouldn't... Kitty. I mean, Anna. 
Right. Kitty's the wife, Anna's right. the mom. Right. Oh, okay. I was being sarcastic. Oh, I've read about that. Yeah. How's it going over there? So Frank was promoted to head draftsman, and he started making a really good living. But he fucking He can spent... finally pay that gift back. That's right. Uh, so he, but he loved to spend money. He, he bought fancy clothes, multiple cars, tons of luxury items. Uh, he's living beyond his means. He's always broke. Okay. In one room of his house... It was just completely filled with chandeliers. What? He had a chandelier room? <laughs> I mean, come on. What? We're praying an earthquake never happens to this room. It would be... What? And he had a large Arabian Nights mural above a theatrical balcony. <laughs> Dave, new money. <laughs> Come into my chandelier room. <laughs> this is the chandelier room. Out here's the Taj Mahal balcony. <laughs> uh, so he's always broke. So he started taking side jobs outside of the so Sullivan firm. He's very firm. William in many ways. Yeah. Yeah. So he starts taking side jobs outside the Sullivan firm. What he didn't know was that was a breach of his contract. Okay. Well, I can't work for other. I can't work for other guys. Huh? I'm a full time architect across the street too. I'm also a trumpeteer. Clearly. So Sullivan started noticing these buildings are going up that are clearly Frank's work. Uh Uh-huh. And he confronts them, and that was the end of that. They didn't speak for 12 years. Okay. So Frank goes and sets up his own firm in 1893. Uh, He starts solidifying his unique and innovative architectural style. Uh, his works were considered the cornerstone of modernism and had a profound influence on European architecture after World War I. Okay. His, his designs were known for their unique geometric structures and natural colors, like Legos, uh-huh. making... Or uh, Wunderblocks, or, or whatever Wunder, you were saying. Wunderblocks. Making his building look as though they were one with the surroundings. This style would come to be known as prairie houses and organic architecture. He started getting high-profile jobs and increased his reputation in the architectural world. Okay. That'll be the best thing we say about him. So should we, should we take a moment to sort of... Have we, Soak it are in. We at the, are we at the apex? Yeah. Well, We've hit the summit? Well, he's... It's yeah. time to crash? Kind of all down. Hold on your diapers? It gets weird. Gonna get weird. In 1903, he was designing a house for Edwin Cheney. Uh, Edwin has a wife, uh, Mema, who was uh, 30 when she married Edwin. She's a little bit older for that time. Sure. There goes the B. Falcor. They had two children, uh, Edwin and Mema. So she's ahead of her time. She's well-educated. She's a feminist. She's very cultured, very refined. And Frank is like, well, she's kind of like my equal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they hit it off immediately and start fucking. Okay, but... Um, They're both I married. Right. Yep. You're not supposed to do that. Right. Yep. Uh, due to Frank's social status, right, so he's kind of a big, big shot now in Chicago. Everyone knows who he is. Sure. So their relationship uh, is... There's constant speculation, gossip. There's media is talking about it. It's sure. all over the news. Right. He's, he's, uh, they're an it couple. Yeah, but they're right. not a couple. Right. They're just fucking. Yeah. They're an it 
fucker. They're oh. fucking, yeah, they're it fuckers. They, yeah. So Frank asked Kitty for a divorce. Now, at Finally. This... The right time to do it, too. <laughs> After you've been inside someone else for a while. You know. Well, at least you pull out before you ask. Uh-huh. That's right. That's absolutely right. Because if you're pull still... out, send a fax, back in. Boom. That's right. Yeah. So Frank and uh, Kitty at this point uh, have six kids. Jesus Christ. Frank likes to fuck. What's his deal? He just likes to, God likes to fuck. Um, and so Kitty refuses. Kitty refuses the divorce? Yeah. Nice play. Always an interesting pushback. Not one you're expecting. No. Well, what the fuck? No. What? It's not a... Is, can you do that? Is she allowed to... She is? I had a, I had a roommate once in San Francisco, and... Uh, her boyfriend moved in because we had another room to move out. So it was just the two of them and me. And she comes and she goes, hey, so, you know, my name's on the lease and we'd really like it if you moved out. And I was like, no. <laughs> what a lunatic. And she, and she was like, what? What do you mean no? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. And, and she goes, your name's not on the lease. I go, good luck getting me out then. Well, you're probably going to need to call a, a lawyer. It sounds like you got a lot of work to do. That's a crazy situation. <laughs> it's going to cost you a lot of money. But the worst thing was that her boyfriend didn't have a sense of smell, so then he would just fart all the time around me, and he couldn't smell. <laughs> Tell you what, San Francisco's a cool place to live. Was he doing that to get you out? Was I that like a so. superpower? It's all he had. That's the kitchen sink. <laughs> it's Thor's hammer. Uh, or so, his meat tenderizer. So obviously uh, now Frank and Mima, like everyone knows that they're together. Right. And then in June of 1909, uh, Mima tells Edwin that she's taking the kids and going to Boulder, Colorado to visit a friend out there who's pregnant. Okay. So you're going to stay with this friend to help her through the pregnancy or whatever. Okay. And, and everyone's like, yeah, that's cool. I know you're having an affair, but what? that's fine. I'm sure you're, that's what you're doing. Um, and then later that year, she sends him a message saying, well, her friend died in childbirth, so he needs to come out to Colorado to get the kids. Okay. Uh, who if are, this is all bullshit, it's quite a heap. Yeah. Who are seven and three at that point. And, and then when Edwin gets there, Mima's gone. It's just the kids. She just, she just took off. I mean, sending a fax is classier. <laughs> At the same time, Frank is acting very strange around Kitty. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, he already said he wants a divorce. Like, yeah. Is she like, Frank, what's going on? He's like, well, I asked you to get a divorce. Something's bothering you, I can tell. Yeah, I want completely out of this relationship. Talk to me, I'm your wife. I don't want you to be. That's not what I, my goal here. You seem distant lately. That's a choice. I'm an active choice I am making to distance myself in this marriage. I want out. Come to bed. I fuck. What the fuck? That's cuddle. I will fuck you. I'm not going to lie. I will have sex. I, I will have sex. You always fuck me. I will fuck you. Yeah. But everything else is out of bounds. Uh, well, he borrowed a lot of money. Smart. And he was taking advances on his commissions. Smart. So Kitty came really suspicious when he sold pieces of his prize collection 
of Japanese art and gave his studio away <laughs> to a young architect. So she's like, this seems weird. You're selling all your stuff, you're uh-huh. getting advances, and yeah. you gave your place you work at away. Yeah. I just feel like it's off. Like I'm, it, I'm, yeah, I'm getting, I, I want a divorce. I do not want to be married to you. I know, but when you start giving everything away, it makes me feel like there's something wrong. There is a huge thing wrong. A huge thing. I don't want to be here. I don't love you. I'm fucking someone else. You just love your Japanese art, though, and... <sighs> oh, my God. And I don't know why you'd give that away. And then your studio, that's where I you I don't want work. to tell you any of this. This is none of your business. That's where you work. Like, you love working. Yeah, I... Look, I, don't I love to can't... watch you work. I, that is not something you should like doing any longer. I need cuddles. Uh, I will fuck you. <laughs> I will do that. Uh... He 100% seems like a guy who would, who would be like, I want to divorce you. Uh, yes, I'll still fuck you. I will fuck you. Yeah. I will fuck you. I will have more kids with you. So then Kitty just, then Frank just straight up said, I'm leaving you. He's like, I'm out. Okay. I'm walking out the door. Okay. Uh, his son David was 13 years old. Nice. This he, will be good for him, for sure. He was there when he told her he was leaving. And then Frank looked at David and says, you're the new man of the house. Whoa, this dude's having a morning. What? What do you mean? Hey, Pop, where are you headed? You're the man of the house. Um, oh, shit. Uh, uh. And then he handed David a $900 grocery bill that hadn't been paid. Wait, Dad, Dad, Dad. Oh, wait, uh, I almost forgot. Oh, thank God. Uh, a nest egg? No, pay this. It's fucking huge. I can't afford it. <laughs> it's a lot of pineapple. <laughs> Well, Dad's gone, and I'm the man of the house. Guess I gotta pay this bill. Huh, boy, I got a lot of thinking to do. So, Frank and Mama then just went to Europe. Frank was having a book published in Europe. This guy, I would, wouldn't it be great to be able to do this? To just be like, fuck everyone else? Yeah. Wouldn't that be a great... That would be great. I wish I had that. That'd be nice. Uh... His book is published. It's admired all over Europe. Like, he's a, he's a hit in Europe. Sure. Um, but in Chicago, newspapers are going nuts. Articles are attacking Frank, claiming he would be in prison for I- immorality, which I don't think is a thing. But you never know. It's America back we then. We will like, get there again. Yeah, oh, it's coming. <laughs> Still, Mama and Frank uh, returned to the U.S. in 1911. Uh, then Mama uh, got a divorce from Edwin, and she got custody of the kids. <laughs> What? That that whole thing is shocking. It's she's just... still with him, and goes to Europe, and then comes back, and then gets divorced, and then is, and then, and and then, then is and left. Then... The ki- and then she just is like, yeah, I want the kids too. <laughs> oh what God. a great trip! I was gone for a year, but you know what? Those are mine. Huh? You can go fuck yourself. But God damn it! And and then the courts are like, yeah, well, you're the lady, so I know you abandoned him, but you get him. Right. Yeah. Oh, Although boy. Knowing, knowing this time, he probably didn't want them. As a dude, he's like, oh, I don't want those. I just think all the kids probably felt really good about themselves. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, Kitty still refused to let Frank divorce her. Just hanging Mom, in there. this is really standing in the way of me being the man of the house. 
I really think it's the man of that. Shut up. Okay, sorry, Mom. Did you pay that fucking bill yet? Um, I paid $80. Frank told the reporter, quote... I'm selling blood. Sell more. Oh, they said I can't. That's too much. I guess I could go to another place. I am the man of the house. You can go to six blood places a day. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm kind of the man of the house, though. So. <laughs> Feels like maybe you should sorry. Yeah, we'll be the man of the house and sell all your blood. Okay, thanks. But I'm deciding to do it. That's an order, mister. Aye, aye. See you later, Mom. Frank told the reporter, quote, Tough to hit the blood bank. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you? I'll tell you what doesn't do it. What? Sugar cookies. <laughs> How many blood banks did you go to? I hit all six. The last one, the lady went in between my toes and said, Dust shot out. <laughs> How much money? Yeah, man. <laughs> How much money did you make? <laughs> We made we made twelve dollars today. Twelve dollars more. We're gonna get rid of that grocery bill. I'm a man of the house, and a man of the house takes care of him. Uh, so Frank told the reporter, quote, laws and rules are made for the average. That's, that should be what's on the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> the ordinary man cannot live without rules to guide his conduct. There it is, Dave. It is infinitely, infinitely more difficult to live without rules, but that is what the really honest, sincere thinking man is compelled to do. Two women were necessary for a man of artistic mind. This, it, this uh, dude, is this David Koresh? <laughs> One to be mother of his children, and the other to be his mental companion, his inspiration, and soulmate. Oh my God, what? That one makes babies. This one I put my things in. More. I put them in that one to make babies, but this one I fuck uh, and I talk to. Because, because he's smarter. He, he's, yes. He needs to. He's right. not an ordinary human. No, Dave. An ordinary human... Can uh, like, come in one forever. Frank needs a couple. <sighs> Good he's, God. He's great. Yeah. Frank bought really? land in Wisconsin near where he was raised and started designing an estate. I like how the applause now has gone to one two-clapper and a distant woo. <laughs> As the thread gets tugged more and more. So he named it Tally Essen. After a Welsh poet, magician, and priest. <laughs> what? Well, I love the combo. <laughs> well, back then, you needed to be all three. I think you still do. Well, that's mostly what it, it still is in, in Wales. Almost everyone's a poet, magician, and priest. Magician, priest. <sighs> <sighs> 
but the press called uh, Taliesin a love cottage and the castle of love. Because he's there with... Sure. He's turned it into his bang factory. Yeah, he's there. Right. He, he's there with uh, Mamo. So uh, locals, who were mostly college kids, were super upset. Uh, this part I couldn't fucking this understand. Is, this but is the, a different era. Yeah, the college kids are like, what are you doing having an affair? Um, it's amazing. <laughs> the frats are like, we want to talk to her and make sure her feelings are represented properly. <laughs> we are in upside down land, mister. <laughs> hey, hold on. I think she said too much to drink. <laughs> Not heard often. <laughs> or ever. <laughs> um, so once... Once the estate was done, uh, the college kids are really mad, and they threatened to, quote, throw a tar party. Whoa. New York Herald, quote, a guard was today placed around the 10,000 limestone grotto or cave. This part I couldn't figure grotto out. Grotto or cave? I assume there's a grotto or cave We believe there. he's Batman. We're not sure about Frank, but we're 90% he's Batman. He's in the Frank cave. It might be the Playboy Mansion. Uh-huh. So, uh... A A tar party? A guard was placed today around the $10,000 limestone grotto or cave of Frank Lloyd Wright. Threats of tar and feathers moved the sheriff to take the precaution of placing a guard. The population of Hillside is made up largely of college students, and the sheriff says they are apt to bust out any minute. We need to bring back the threat of tar parties. (laughs) The sheriff was quoted as saying, the only thing that has prevented a tar party so far is, is the lack of a leader. There has been plenty of talk of such action. Why would he point out the know. vacuum of power? I don't know. I don't know. What, what is he, what, why is he I setting this up like King Arthur? Like, if only someone could pull the sword from the stone. But uh, nobody will. One must step up. They won't. If one man would step forward and lead the tar party. What they need is one person to still... God, there he is. Shit, I shouldn't have said that. That was so easy for them. Talk about architecture. I laid the blueprint for this one. So reports were in the news that the sheriff was going to arrest Frank and Mema. In, an il- in the Illinois Journal-Gazette, quote, District Attorney Schmelker... Sh- Schmelker? It's not a great name. <laughs> Named said, after what happens to a penis with an STD. <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. Said today that Wright and Miss Bothwick are violating the statutes of Wisconsin and can be arrested without a warrant. Adultery. I think adultery was it's probably that objectionable? illegal that, at that time. Yeah, that illegal? Yeah, I think. It, I mean, adultery was illegal for a long time. Wow. The place, uh, especially in a place like Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, they uh, they don't have to have that law anymore because you guys don't fuck around. Mm. Nobody in here has ever had an affair. Are you doctor filling the room for some reason? (laughs) Is there about to be a spotlight on someone having an affair? Except for Daniel. Stand up, asshole. My wife records uh, all those murder shows. That's a a huge net you're casting, Dave. 
What are but we talking? Other, ID, snap. Like you what can are we turn talking? on our DVR. There's like 30 different, you know, datelines and all those things. Datelines good. If she starts getting into snap too much, no, buy some, buy her some stuff. Hey, 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 hey. If she uh, starts, if she starts watching a lot of Snapped and starts making a lot of muffins, you need to get the fuck out. You're about to get a rice and snack. Uh, so sometimes when I turn on the TV in the morning, Dr. Phil's on because it's on the same channel, and that fucker still makes his wife hold his hand when he walks out of the studio. They, they still, it's the craziest. Well, keep in mind, Dave, not a doctor. So is right he not, there, is he not uh, he, a, he, uh, when he became Doctor Phil, he was not like a. Oh doctor. yeah, he got he got he lost his license, so he's not a. He, doctor. He got it like how people get knighted, like how you become a sir. <laughs> Oprah like knighted him, and he's like, now I'm a doctor for some fucking reason. <laughs> you, that's his, that should be his advice to everybody. Why don't you just start calling yourself Doctor? It's really amazing. It'll change your life. <laughs> you got a drug problem? Say you're a doctor. You're, you're a doctor. You're all doctors. Except for you, Daniel. Piece of shit. Son of a bitch. A local, soup, uh, local school superintendent, quote, the scandal is bound to have a demoralizing effect on the school children of the community. It is an outrage to allow young men and women and boys and girls to grow up in the belief that a man and women can go disregard the marriage bonds. So all these little kids are walking around knowing that people are in that house fucking... Two people who married other people, and so the kids' minds are just fucked. Like, the kids are essentially destroyed. When I grow up, I want to cheat. Oh, no. Oh, Bobby. Oh. Yeah. With uh, with who? With everybody. I'm going to get two wives and cheat on all of them. Yeah. God damn it. There's no rules. Yeah. Frank Lloyd Wright, you motherfucker. I'm going to stay married to one woman and fuck another one, and then I'm going to have two women, one that I come in, and then one that I just fuck. What the fuck did you say? I'm going to come in the one and make babies, and then the other one I'm just going to fuck her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get off the slide. Oh, Get yeah. down here right ah. now. Ah. 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 Did you say you're going to come in a bunch of different women? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have one that makes the babies, and then I'll have another one that I just fuck. Doggy style, yeah, yeah. She'll look out the window of a great big house. Son, I don't have anything uh, to say. <laughs> I think this is pretty great. Can, uh, you tell yeah. your, can you tell your mom that this would, I would like also to do this? Yeah, 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 yeah. But you make it seem like it's your idea. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll just stand behind you and I'll go, it sounds okay. He wants it. And All right, then, great. And yeah. then I can, I can uh, just start fucking and I'll, yeah. sh- I'll show Let's you. Let's go to Vegas right now. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'll, I'll get some hookers and I can show you how it works. No. No. You don't want to watch your dad fuck? No, no, it's, that's... Like, you took my dream and made it really weird all of a sudden. <laughs> like, my dream is really specific and it's an homage. Wow. And then what you brought up, it's almost it's borderline incestuous. It's, it's not incestuous, it's just... Um, uh, yeah, yeah, look, look, I'll be honest, I think the marriage between I, you and mom is worthwhile. I, I taught you... Yeah. She's like, you, she, you, you can't be loved by a lot of people. I taught you how to throw a football, right? Yeah, but that is no bearing right now. Same thing. No, totally different, except, not at all. Except no. it's just me fucking... Not an apt comparison, no, no. I'm going to just have one that I come in and one that I'm in. 
son, I got this. I guess I'll wait till I'm six. <laughs> I always forget how old you are. Uh, the Taliesin estate became Frank's home and professional studio. Employees, from chefs to maids, lived there, uh, as did Mamat, our kids. Uh, so it's a big, uh, big community. Sure. One worker was uh, Julian Carlton. He was a 30-year-old handyman and butler. Classic combo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Honestly, of all the combos we've heard during this episode, that one makes the most sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> Magician, poet, priest. <laughs> I'm a jazz musician, vacuum cleaner, uh, synchronized swimmer developer. How are you? Julian was well-educated, intelligent, uh, but was described as a hothead by other employees. Okay, that's what you want in a butler. Yep. Yeah, I'll get you your fucking jam. Hey, what the fuck? What is this deal lately? Julian! Just shove it up your fucking ass. Okay. Oh, I want raspberry jam. Here you go, up your hole. Oh, my God. God, these are tiny knives. It's the Unitarian. Uh... So, uh, his wife, Julian's wife, also worked there as a cook. So, in August 1914, Julian's wife noticed he was growing increasingly agitated and paranoid. Um, he started keeping a hatchet by his bed when he slept. Were there any signs of the paranoia? <laughs> but maybe there could be an, a wood emergency. <laughs> how, how do you... <laughs> imagine trying to... Sl- like, imagine trying to get yourself to the point in your established marriage that you're going to start sleeping with a hatchet by the bed. You it's know, not, you can't just great. put it bed tape. It's got to be like, I'm going to keep it under the bed in the nightstand until eventually, like, I'm going to hold it. And, uh, <laughs> is that crazy to have it upright while I sleep? Um, he was worried he was going to be laid off for getting into, he kept getting into arguments with the other employees. Okay. A hatchet will solve this. So... He'd been, like, reprimanded. It was like, you got to get your shit together. Sure. On August 15th, Frank's out of town. And during lunch, Mema, her two kids, and six others were eating at a table on the porch. Julian came up and doused the floors with gasoline and set it on fire and locked the door. Well, remember when the hatchet by the bed was insane? <laughs> what? Who? What kind of... It's bold. Herbert Fritz jumped out a window and rolled down... I think we're going to have to put this employee on probation. (laughs) Herbert Fritz jumped out a window and rolled down uh, the hill to put out the flames of his burning clothes. His co-workers broke through a barricaded door and escaped escaped through a window. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Julian then attacked each escapee one by one with his hatchet, killing all but three people. Oh, my God. What? The three, the three survivors, badly burned and or severely wounded, ran a half a mile to the nearest home and called the police. And then townspeople arrived first and found the remains of Mema, her two kids, two workers, and a 13-year-old boy. One of the survivors died that day from his burns. The police found Julian in the basement furnace. In the furnace? Where you go <laughs> after you've done a murder. Get yourself in the furnace. (laughs) 
some locals tried to lynch him, uh, but the cops intervened and he was taken to the jail. But he was unconscious because he tried to commit suicide by drinking acid. This is quite a part of this story we're going through right now, David. Oh, is this unexpected? Yeah, this is a tough one. There's U-turns and then there's donuts in the parking lot. <laughs> wow. Julian died weeks later because he couldn't eat from all the damage the acid had done to his stomach and esophagus, so he died from starvation. This is before Prilosec. <laughs> I should just point that out. Yeah. This is actually what led them to make mm, it. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But before he died, he did say he was not guilty. I was just in the furnace. <laughs> well, yeah, how do you can't, you cannot, after a murder, you cannot explain I a furnace I was just name. in the furnace covered in blood. Well, I believe him, for one. Am holding, I crazy? Holding my, my magic hatchet. Well, I, I haven't heard a thing I think is wrong so far. Has anyone else heard anything they find troubling? I haven't. I believe this gentleman. Where are the witnesses? Mm-hmm. I guess the question is, why'd you drink all the acid? I guess that's what I'm sort of thinking is the only... I'm so thirsty. Well, there we go. Someone poke a hole in this. I'd love to see you try. I think this is pretty airtight. You know why I was thirsty? Why? I was in a furnace. Hey, why did I even have to ask why? I walked right into that one, like a furnace. That's a, that makes a ton of sense. So hot. Yeah, well, of course, and you're going to reach for that water. That, what? That should turn out to be a big thing of acid. Yeah, I don't know why I was in the furnace. Why'd you drink so much of it? Didn't you know it was acid early? It seemed fine. Yeah, man. well, again, I would love to find a hole in this tale. I don't see it. Well... Okay. You're a good guy. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye. You're dying. Bye. Uh, this was the biggest uh, mass murder in Wisconsin history at the time. That's crazy. That's, that's pretty a, cool. How, how many people died? Uh, I think it was eight. Wow. That's a lot. A lot for then. Now I we're mean, like, eight? You're not going to make CNN. <laughs> yeah, you got you got to take it up. Uh, newspaper headlines of the Talius in Murders. The Racine Journal News. Quote, six are slain in Love Castle. Why be an asshole right now? Six are slain in Love Castle. Negro with a hatchet makes slaughterhouse of bungalow dining room, then fires building. Ugh. The Daily Review, quote, crazy Negro writes last page in romance of Mema Borthwick and Frank Lloyd Wright. This is... The Ogden Standard said the massacre was... Divine retribution, quote, the tragic ruin of the kingdom of love is the strongest argument that the avenging angel still flies. Is that a poet slash magician writing that? That is insane. The, 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 <laughs> Steve, this is, a, this is a tough part of the story. Uh, there's a lot of enemies emerging from nowhere. We were having a good little time. Yeah. Uh, well, turns out people aren't great. Yeah, turns out, right. Reporters, too. That's the yeah. first time I've I mean, heard of that. Uh, At least we shook that. Negro now is but Negro at the time was just yeah, the normal language. Of it wasn't course, like, but it's there still There was another like word they could have used. If sure, they really but it's still go. like the way it's framed is like... Yeah, it's not yeah, great. Right. Well, crazy. Yeah, yeah. But he was crazy. He did set a building but they never, yeah. <laughs> Yes, for sure. Right, for <laughs> sure. So he's crazy for sure. But they couldn't write, say like, mild-mannered Negro fires house. Like or, it doesn't... Or just like crazy person yeah. kills people. But you know. Yeah. And oh, none, none of it's great. Our country? Yeah. Anyway, so a lot of people thought that he deserved it. 
because he had been living in uh, he's fucking a lady who wasn't his wife so you should get killed it's very biblical sure no that's how it should go so to cope with his grief I remember Jesus being kind of a prick <laughs> oh Jesus like every other page in the Bible Jesus they're like what should we do and he's like well firebomb the fuckers like he says it to quote Jesus let me throw the first 30 stones pricks To cope with his grief, Frank immediately ban- began reconstructing Taliesin. I don't know how you rebuilt Taliesin. I don't know how you uh, build it again after that, but he you rebuilt it. You probably are just so out of your mind that you're probably just like, I want to do something. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, I mean, he, bur- he buried her himself. I mean, there's some flags here, but... <laughs> So he's definitely grieving. And yeah. I, so I guess rebuilding it is... I mean, you, I, I, who knows? But that amount of trauma, like, you're going to want to think on something. Yeah. So witnesses said Frank became even more eccentric. Of course. Yeah. He went to construction sites in velvet suits, cuffed trousers, and high-heeled shoes. <laughs> I, I, I swear to God, I'm pretty close to this phase, so... I'm here to dance. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that just sounds comfy to me. Heels I could do with that, but everything else I'm on board with. Uh, rebuilt, the uh, Taliesin uh, was more beautiful than ever. After the media frenzy cooled, a woman named Nellie Breen knocked on Frank's door one day. That should s- not be that easy, by the way. <laughs> it's time for Frank to step up the security. Like, to get to the door, there should be, like, riddles. <laughs> Minimum. A moat? Can we get a moat? Riddles? Riddles and a moat. That's my security. <laughs> Physical, mental, let's see who we're dealing with. If you want to earn the knock. It's pretty old school. I will name a better tactic. Thank you. Nothing. Sorry, you, uh, you can't come in until you figure out the riddle. What is the riddle? Right. <laughs> well, that's uh, going to be tough. Can I take two moats? <laughs> Uh, so Nellie Breen knocks on his door and said she'd been sent by an associate at Midway Gardens to cook and clean for him. Midway Gardens was a, a Chicago indoor-outdoor entertainment center that he'd built. Okay. So she just shows up and she's like, I'm here to help you. And he's like, cool, come on in. Uh, again, I'm really not okay with what's happening right he now. He just welks, welcomes her into his home without any questions. Now, even the way you're framing it makes me feel worse. She's a devout Roman Catholic who assigned herself the job of being his protector. It's fine. It's normal. It's not normal. She screened all his mail and burnt sympathy letters she didn't like. (laughs) This guy's got to learn the power of no. Yeah. You, You don't just waltz into someone's life and like, I'm your male bodyguard now. And you're like, okay. Well, you... Turns out you do. Okay. That's why you got to get a riddle and a moat. <laughs> One day, Nellie left a letter on Frank's desk and told him he should read it. Uh, this is from uh, Ada Huxtable's, uh, or Huck's table. Her biography, Frank Lloyd Wright, A Life. Quote, this is the letter. Well, the writer was a wealthy divorcee, Maud Miriam Noel, who had been living in Paris as an ex patriot and sculptor <clears throat> sorry sculptor until the end of the first world war had forced her return 
Miriam Noel, as she preferred to be known, was exactly the kind of cosmopolitan and liberated woman Wright would find interesting and consoling. Like Wright, she was a master of self-image. Her dress was artistic in the current mode. She favored turbans, scarves, ropes of beads, and furs adorning long gowns and wraps. Ropes of beads? Wraps, ropes of beads. So, this is like a DM. A little bit. <laughs> She's sliding into his DMs a little yeah. bit. And, yeah. So, so, out of no... Okay. This is, how, this so, is shady as So shit. Miriam sends Frank a series of very steamy sympathy notes. <laughs> Dave, that is like... Even Hallmark won't go after that category. <laughs> steamy sympathy. I know you lost your uncle, but your dick's still hard, ain't it? Yeah. I'll tell you what. Sorry I, you had to bury your mom, but let me bury my face deep down. Da- turn the card. Turn the card over. I just wanted to let you know that the death of your mistress makes me so fucking wet. Roses are red, violets are blue, your whole family's dead. I'm going to put it in you. (laughs) These are the exact ones. These are... Steamy sympathy. These tissues, thank God for these tissues for my... Ooh. Ooh. I'm, Someone's got double usage. Oh, I'm crying and hard. <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> Miriam called him, quote, Lord of my waking dreams. Less than a year after the murder, she moved into Taliesin as Frank's mistress. Frank needs a friend. So bad. Just the one person to talk to who didn't just knock on the door without a moat and riddle gambit. Who didn't have to go through a wizard's obstacle course. Uh, So at this point, Frank asked Kitty for a divorce. I just kind of figured that one away. And Kitty said no. <laughs> I think it's I going think I'm great. I'm starting to fall in love with Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's been years. Yeah. Now, yeah. They were murdered, and um, I guess I just need this to move on. Now. <laughs> Who's your girl? I'm not doing this, Kitty. Who's your girl? You're not. There's a woman flying in. She sends me steamy sympathy letters. She's my girl. You're not my girl. Who's your girl? I'm begging you for a divorce. I want out so bad. What I've gone through, no person should go through, and I need a clean start. And I want to be done with this. Please say yes. You 
are so cute when no, you're cut, sad. Kitty, no, no, all right, all right. I thought I'd try. Goodbye. <laughs> so cute. Goodbye. You're crying. Goodbye. I want to hug you. I mean, I could. Let's hug. Uh, you know what that'll lead to, but I'm into it. I'll do it. I'll throw one in you. I'll throw one in you. I'll throw it in you. So, Miriam's a 45-year-old bohemian clairvoyant and sculptor. Finally! <laughs> Finally. Finally. There we go. Back to normal. What, what Frank didn't know was that she had become a... I'm a scuba instructor, quarterback gymnast. I... <laughs> what uh, Frank did not know was that she had become addicted to morphine while living in Paris... Which caused frequent mood swings and bouts of irrational violence and anger. <sighs> this is why you gotta have a little protection to get to the place. Mm-hmm. Some screeners. Nellie and Miriam did not get along. What the a f- nightmare. The fake secretary lady or whatever. Yeah, but she what, is. what like Frank is now like he's just now in another living nightmare. Yeah. So being religious, Nellie despised the adulterous life that Frank led. <laughs> but, what? So, th- why? Then fuck off. You <laughs> came here. Fuck you. The fuck out of here. I'll open my own mail. <laughs> Fucking need a moat. Well, <laughs> tension grew in the household and Frank eventually put Nellie out. He's like, you're fucking done here. Okay. So Nellie stole so Miriam's now- <laughs> very sexual sympathy love letters and gave them to the press. I thought they were steamy well, sympathy letters. I mean, she was his fake assistant, so she should be mad yeah. that she got fired from the job she hired herself for. Well, it's also, what a betrayal Frank must feel for someone who just showed up on your door and said they were just going to screen your letters. Yeah. I mean, you put all your faith in this person you've known for weeks. Uh, So she also told local officials Frank had violated the Mann Act. She's leaving like Omarosa. Uh, That was a law that prohibited transporting women for the purposes of sex trafficking uh, Uh and immoral uh, behavior. Basically, but it's not not for this type of thing. It's, It's for like people were actually sex trafficking. Right. But in this case, Frank was charged with taking Miriam from Illinois to Wisconsin for sexual purposes. <laughs> it's one of those things where you make a law and you don't really define it and then assholes take advantage of it. It's one of so those things. So you cannot... You can only fuck in your state, essentially? <laughs> you man, had to be careful? I, the man it's like fucking a... in another state is like a dime bag of weed in the 80s? No. No, if you if you basically if you were if you were actually making someone work as a sex worker, that's but what, what it's for. But what yeah, but he... they used it in this case. Well, yeah. They, so then they they open it up a little bit. Yeah. Pretty. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so he's charged. Uh, Clarence Darrow defended Whoa. defended Frank and got all the charges dismissed. But at that point, reporters are all over it. According to Frank's son, uh, Frank's time with Miriam wasn't great. Quote, she wooed, grabbed, and bagged him, then dragged, gagged, and shagged him. Uh, sorry. (laughs) 
Was that Dr. Seuss Austin Powers? Why is he writing like that? He's like, I only rhyme. Dad was so dominated, seduced, coerced, chastised, conscripted, overridden. This is like a Johnny Cochran closing argument. And bashawed that at times he wasn't even any man. Maybe Miriam was the victim of a satanic influence that incited and directed her course, and thus a private mangle-bangle became a public... Became a public Is jingle... Is this Alice in Wonderland? Became a public jingle-jangle extravagant... Dave, Dave, I, I'm gonna... Uh, stop. I need an age. I need an age right now. I need an age. I need an age. Oh, he's really old when he okay, wrote this. Okay, this is... Well, so what's his deal? I don't what know. What was he doing? I think he's a bad writer. That, no, 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 that's not bad writing. That is insane. That is rambling writing. Well, I don't think he grew up in a normal He's a bangle, household. shangle, mangle, mangle, and everything my dad did wanted to tangle. He was well, a big boast, but he liked a piece of toast. <laughs> I don't know. Some of it sounds like Patton's comedy a little bit. <laughs> a mangle, bangle. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> uh. So again, what was it like to grow up in that world? For my father, just please. Well, let me tell you. A bangle, bangle, shangle, dangle. It was quite wrangle. a ride till he found a slide that his mama died. <laughs> Pulls out a banjo. <laughs> so Frank wants to get out of the spotlight because you know. Because his life is crazy? Yeah, there's a lot going on. So he took a job to build the Imperial Hotel in Tokyo. Super big job. Okay. Gets him out of the country. He and Miriam spend four years in Japan. Okay. It's basically to just hope everything cools down. and In the States. Yeah, and people right. forget about him. Sure, that'll happen. So, so as Frank worked, Miriam spirals out of control. Morphine was super easy to get in Japan. <laughs> That was the one thing I was thinking, is like, maybe she won't be able to... Okay. Nope. And so she's just feeding her drug habit like she never has before. I think around this time is when he became aware that she was a a drug addict. He didn't know that she was on morphine. Mm -hmm. Surprise. Um, It's not the thing you normally tell people. Uh, Her temper got worse. Her behavior became more frantic. Kitty... The Terminator <laughs> rising from the ashes. Frank, <laughs> I love you. You've been dead for six years. I want to marry you again. Oh my God. I mean, I will fuck you. I'm not going to lie. I will. She granted him a divorce in 1922. Wow. What changed? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure how long they were apart, but God, I mean, it was fucking years, right? At the one time when he's like, actually, I've been thinking about you a lot lately. Um, <laughs> things aren't working out over here too well. I mean, 1914, 1911, 1911. It was 11 years. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she hung in there to see if it would work out, you know? Yeah. I mean, imagine... Look, Frank, I have some tough news. I've been thinking about it a lot, and I don't think this is going to work out. Well, no shit! Let me finish. I've, I've I can't. Let so me many... finish. I've thought I had about a mass this. murder. I've thought about this a lot. We've grown apart. 
physically and emotionally. Um, and I just don't think this is right for me anymore. I can't I gotta... do this anymore. I think it changed for me that first time you said you wanted a divorce 11 years ago. I thought to myself, this is a flag. This is not a good sign. But I loved you, so I hung in there when you went on the, the, your two other relationships, which was not easy for me, three, whatever it was. I wasn't paying attention. My heels were so far in the sand. But I, I now think it's time. You know, I didn't know this was going to hurt, but I'm kind of bummed out. Me too. Let's not do it, baby. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I'm not. I love you. Oh, You're right. Fuck. fuck it. I'll tear this fuck. shit up. Fuck. Uh, fuck. I feel so good. Mm. Mm, what a third act. <laughs> so one thing Kitty put in the agreement was that Frank ha- had to wait a year to, to marry Miriam. Okay. He should, she should be a friend and put in 20 years. <laughs> So they got married in 1923, and the marriage ended in less than a year. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Miriam left Frank to live in Los Angeles because L.A. had a huge heroin problem, and it was close to Mexico, which was easy to get heroin from. It's just, if you're making that move, it's a dark time. Yeah. What brings you to L.A.? Heroin. <laughs> really easy to get it here. Kind of done. <laughs> okay, well, we can't hire you. Uh, sorry, I forgot I was in an addition. I'm sorry. <laughs> These are good nuggets. I am looking for heroin exclusively. I booked um, it. Oh. <laughs> so Frank, uh, at this point, Frank was not doing well financially because when he was in Japan, the press forgot about him, but also so did all of the important clients. Everyone kind of moved on. Okay. Um, so six months after Miriam left, Frank went to a ballet in Chicago, and there he was sitting next to a beautiful young woman named... Okay, he needs to get in, like, a Pope-mobile kind of situation for a couple years. We need to put him in... What they put Sigourney Weaver in in Aliens? We gotta put Frank in it for a little while. We need just, like, five years for him to just cryogenically chill. Yeah. Come back, be like, poof, what am I? What a cycle. Olga Lazovich Hitzenberg. American? She was a... (laughs) Close, Serbian. She was a mystic and a dancer. (laughs) Dude, he just got done fucking a psychic pottery person. A psychic sculptor. How about a teacher? (laughs) She's from an aristocratic Serbian family. She recently left her husband with their young this daughter, dude, he just... Svetlana. Olga had lived in Paris, where she became a follower of spiritual guru, uh, Georgi Murdigif. Which we know is caught on because of how familiar we are with him That's now. right. Uh, he taught at the Institute for Harmonious Development of Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I went to... Uh, that's where I got my undergrad. Uh... Frank was 57, Olga was 26. <laughs> they immediately well, began... What, did, I think maybe he just wants bullshit. There are people like that. He just wants bullshit. If Is this grew... fly going to go inside my head? Get out of here. If you grew up in chaos, 
unless you fix yeah, you yourself, surround yourself by chaos, chaos and so. and probably only further entrenched when like with the tragedies of his life where he's just yeah. like he needs that yeah yeah for sure. So uh, so they immediately begin a relationship. Olga and Svetlana soon moved in to Taliesin. Taliesin. I don't. I really don't care, but I just I just like that it's upsetting you guys more but and more. I will say how polite. They yeah, well, been, like in most cities we go to people are like you yeah. everyone here's just been like but it's so <laughs> it's so great it's so great how mad it makes you <laughs> Olga was soon pregnant and uh, and she got a divorce uh, well she had a divorce uh, or she finally got a divorce she had left him but it's official now so Miriam initially accepted Frank's request uh, for a divorce when he asked mm-hmm. he's like may I get a divorce uh, so it's moving forward, and then she finds out about Olga. What? And she rushes back to oh. Chicago from California and says she's no longer giving him a divorce. Man, that was quite a card that was played. The no. And then she made everything, she did everything she could to make Frank's life hard. At one point, she started screaming at him in a Chicago hotel and she had to be carried out of the building. She held a news conference where she said Frank had beat her and called her a, quote, vile, vulgar, indecent, uh, and abusive wife. She eventually admitted that she pulled a gun and a knife on him. So, mm, it's not a great relationship. International Newsreel, quote, 11 years ago, Miss Noel threw conventions to the wind by taking up her abode with the eccentric architect in his $80,000 love bungalow at Spring Green, Wisconsin. Taking the place of... Like like murders happened there. Love bungalow. His bang shack of love. It's also where his family was killed. Yeah, we don't talk about that. That's not fun for headlines. Oh, no, it says, uh, Love Bungalow at Spring Green, Wisconsin, taking the place of Wright's murdered affinity, Mema Bothrick Cheney, whose life was snuffed out by a demented colored caretaker. You know, I guess I'm the guy who requested more headline, and <laughs> upon hearing my option, would love to retract the note. I uh, completely retract it. I do not stand by what I wanted. I wish it had ended where it did. Yeah. Uh, Miss Wright scoffs at the great herald chivalry of her architect husband and charges cruelty against him, especially mentioning one occasion when he broke two of her ribs. So they're throwing shit back and forth. You know, she's trying to... In May 1925, a fire destroyed the residential quarters of the Talisin for a... How is it getting more Parisian? (laughs) The Talisin... Defective wiring was said to have caused the fire. Frank lost much of his Japanese art collection, which is, I read between two hundred fifty and five hundred thousand dollars. So, so a lot of fucking money. Uh huh. He barely has any money left, uh, so he mortgages everything he owns. Wow. On December second, nineteen twenty-five, Frank and Olga had a daughter, uh, Ilvana. Miriam showed up at the hospital. Awesome. Awesome. And screamed insults outside Olga's room, demanding to see her husband's baby. 
What is... I mean, good Lord. This is like a TMZ stunt. Uh, until she was dragged away by an orderly. Frank and Olga were so freaked out by the incident that uh, Olga took her new baby and they went to New York City and then they took a ship to Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico to make sure Miriam couldn't find them. So he's in a long-distance relationship now? Okay, great. With, his, with a baby and his wife. Perfect, well, because he fears lady. his other, his current wife, who's a heroin addict, is not, going to... It's not great. It's not good. When Olga and uh, Ivana returned to Chicago in 1926, Miriam filed a lawsuit against Frank claiming alienation of affections and demanding 100000 in damages. Alienation of affections? Mm-hmm. So... He took it away. Jesus Christ. She also attempted Tinder to have... was not for this world. She also attempted to have Olga deported as an undesirable alien. This is why you don't just marry people who have, uh, send you a letter. This is why you don't just go, oh, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, it sounds good. Let's go to Japan. <laughs> Let's do that. Let's really junkie up. Well, it's, it's just how you met back then. You send someone a letter, and you're like, no. I like how your family was killed, and I'm hot. <laughs> Guess what I'm wearing? Like, it's like, you know? Well, Dave, there's a downside. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Miriam then contacted Olga's ex-husband and said Frank had uh, abducted Svetlana. Svetlana. Uh, together, Miriam and Olga's ex-husband filed a joint lawsuit against Frank for 250000 What? Olga's ex-husband threw an additional $500 reward for Frank and Olga's capture. Cap- what? what is they, aren't they... What? They're there, right? Yeah, but, uh, the courts dismissed all of that. The courts were like, yeah, that's all. Not, none of that's real. They're there. <laughs> so they're, we don't need to capture them. They are right there. In September 1926, the court granted Miriam access to a telasa. But it's burned. No, but they rebuilt oh, it. Oh, okay. Frank and Olga left and fled to a lakeside village in Minnesota. So Miriam now gets to stay there while well, they flee? The court was like, well, yeah, you were living there as man and wife, and you've got to be able to go in and get your stuff. Sure. That, so what they is that, get like freaked a... out, and they leave. Oh, so what, so, so she... then Miriam goes into the, into the estate and goes on a rampage and destroys everything she can get her hands on. Oh, for fuck's sake. Until employees restrained her and uh, removed her. <laughs> and then Miriam, At least she got her stuff. And, and, yeah, and then Miriam somehow found that Olga and Frank were in Minnesota, and she contacted federal officials and accused Frank of violating the Mann Act. <laughs> Man, fuck. This is why I'm single. <laughs> ah! I can't tell you how many times my wife calls the cops on me and says, I violated the Mad Act. At it's some like, point, you're like, I'm with her. Uh, yeah, but you transported her for sex. Uh-huh. Yeah, with me. So you, it's not that, no, this is what the rule is. You can only fuck in the state you reside in unless you're married. Yeah. Perfect. Fair. I'd love to, hon, but (laughs) we're in Michigan. (laughs) That would be highly illegal. I brought you here for a dinner, nothing else. Supper and a show, that's what I promised. To bed. I'll fuck you tomorrow when we get back to Milwaukee. (laughs) 
Fuck it in Milwaukee. That's where the song comes from, right? Yeah. Hell yeah, that song comes from there. <laughs> so cops raided Frank and Olga's home in Minnesota late at night and put them in jail for two days. Ivana and Svetlana... Was there a conjugal visit, at least? Uh, uh, that's illegal. Uh, you guys have got to go to jail for two more days. Uh, Ivana and Svetlana were cared for by a foster family during okay. those two days. Frank finally made bail, and then the charges were dropped. They returned to Talasha, but the Bank rude. of Wisconsin was foreclosing on the estate for overdue mortgages totaling $43,000. Okay. So back then, who knows? I didn't tally it up, but that's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. So Frank sold all of his livestock, his entire Japanese print collection that was left, and auctioned off all of his belongings. He then made arrangements to rent a home in La Jolla, California. Or La Jolla. La Jolla. Uh, it's a joke. It's fucking... I know where La Jolla is. It's rude. It's right near my fucking house, you fuckheads. It's rude. That was still not far enough to get away from Miriam. Jesus Christ. She showed I, up at so their I house. I can't believe that I called Kitty the Terminator. We've got the T-1000 now. She showed up at their house and broke in and destroyed all of their remaining belongings. Dude, you've got to be like... you. Like, you, you can't sleep. Well, she's focused. You've got to live like Saddam Hussein. You've got to just have, like, five places you go to, inter- you, like, you just go to every two days. The spider hole? Sh- well, I would hopefully... No, I'm talking about, like, he had palaces. The spider hole's not... That's where they found him, though. Like, That's a spider hole. They found him, but he wasn't like, this is also a palace. He was just <laughs> in a spider hole, like, please, No! Yeah, but that's why I think you stayed. I think that was one of his uh, crash pads. No, that was not a crash pad. Yeah, that was a... It's my Airbnb. You got... You don't know shit about Saddam, so he had all these palaces, but he felt most comfortable in a spider hole. I already told you the best fact about Saddam Hussein. What's that? That he would pour water on his Doritos. In the bag? Yeah. Pour it into the bag? Yeah, he'd pour water into the bag of Doritos. What a fucking madman. That was when they like, had captured, you know, captured him or whatever. But it was like, I heard that and I was like, well, he shouldn't die, but he should be in jail. <laughs> Making a Dorito soup. It's not great. Did he drink the water? I think he just liked the Doritos soggy. <laughs> he pretty much cheese curded Doritos, if you think about it. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, so, in the spring of 1927, Frank and Olga had to go to New York to fight the deportation charges brought against Olga. All the negative publicity that had happened had ruined his business, uh, but the divorce proceedings with Miriam were finally finalized in August 1927. Frank and Olga officially married in August 1928, and Miriam died the, fi- the, fi- uh, the, the next year. So, great ending. Oh, it's not over. Are we about to see a hand come out of a grave? By 1932, Frank and Olga had brought back Tala Eta. It's egregious. They posted an ad offering students the opportunity to study and work under Frank at his home. 23 people accepted. They would all work and live at the estate. 
This was the first class of the Talasen Fellowship in the Frank Lloyd Wright School of Architecture, which still exists to this day. Hmm. The fellowship was unconventional. Students had to follow Frank's daily routine from day to night. They had to feed him his meals. They, they, I'm sorry, they had to feed him his meals? They had to feed him his meals while listening to his renditions of Bach and Beethoven. Was he playing it? I think he was just like humming at her. (laughs) I don't think it's, I mean, really good. The students worked in the drawing room, farmed and harvested Frank's crops. And talked so much shit when he wasn't around. The fuck are we doing here? This is insane. I'm I'm becoming an architect. I don't know that we are. I I need to be fed again. Go feed Frank. La 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 la. I want some oatmeal. La 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 la. Oatmeal. I'm Frank. This is a good. This is a good school. Uh, Is Harvard like this? Yeah, Harvard sucks. Give me that apple. (laughs) (laughs) The students tended to his animals, carried limestone to his construction sites, cleaned his estates. (laughs) All while paying him a tuition of $675 a year. Which is the same as like $12,000 now. It's not bad. Famous architectural uh, critic Ada Lewis Huxable called it, quote, a shameless scam, a form of indentured servitude. And Olga was very involved. Interesting. She lectured students on the spiritual teachings of her guru, Georgie Kirchhoff. So... so- so there's just no real purpose to this <laughs> collegiate program, right? And she invited the uh, she invited, so Frank, her, guru, so she invited her guru there to speak to the so, students. Okay, okay. So what the school is is that Frank is crazy and needs to get fed and just sings Beethoven. Mm-hmm. And then meanwhile, she, on a completely different tangent, is just teaching you the ramblings of this person who she's now flying out. That's right. Okay. Students found that Frank was extremely vain and difficult to work with. The student cla- students claimed they would often hear Frank singing, quote, I am the greatest to himself. <laughs> Many times a day. Many times a day. Yeah. Oh, no. That's not... I am the greatest. All right. <laughs> He's coming. Here he is. How old, what is he? How old is he? Oh, God, he's, he's like old. 60-ish, yeah, maybe okay. he's older, just, maybe 70s. I hope it's um, 70s. Well, it's, uh, I mean, I hope it's 90s. It's 1932. I am the greatest. <laughs> he was born in 67. I so. want pie. I'm the greatest. Yeah, he's, mid, he's mid-60s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'll stop, but I could do it I know. all night. 
When questioned about Don't his help. when questioned about his vanity by a reporter, Frank said, "Quote." Early in life, I had to choose between honest arrogance and hypocritical humility. I chose honest arrogance. I am the greatest. (laughs) There was a lot of controversy around the fellowship, particularly with the students' living conditions and educational instruction. Frank made the female apprentices wear milkmaid outfits. Okie dokie, we've got another problem. Um... (laughs) This is not allowed. <laughs> this is why not a fellowship. What? What are you talking about? There's a lot of problems. Welcome to architecture school. Put on the milkmaid outfit, and you're going to be a naughty maid. <laughs> and you're a she devil. <laughs> I am oh. the greatest. And <laughs> <laughs> oh. paying went... for plane fare to get there and see that. I'm wearing what? And what is he saying? I'm out of here. He would make them, in the milkmaid outfits, deliver bread or fresh milk to his other employees. This is, like... (laughs) Students. (laughs) Students. No, is what I'm trying to say. Students had to attend Sunday morning chapel, even if they were atheist or Jewish. If a meal was not to Frank's liking, he would throw the dish out the window. He's like a Finally. He's like a medieval king. Finally, something (laughs) I can relate to. Imagine, imagine being at the level where you could toss food out a fucking window. Like, imagine being like, I don't need a bowl. Imagine if you had enough bowls to do that. <laughs> Students had to organize and perform musicals and plays. Dude, this, it, this what, what, what is happening? This is nuts. This is not okay. And they had to build a theater to stage them. <laughs> This is, I mean, obviously, this is now a cult. The second you start doing theatrical productions, you are a cult. You have just jumped in. Frank called it the Teleathan Playhouse <laughs> and hosted shows and conferences for the academic elite. Not everyone thought it was exploitive. One apprentice wrote, quote, Frank is devoid of consideration and has a blind spot regarding others' qualities, yet I believe that a year in his studio would be worth any sacrifice. Well, so that is kind of like what I'm wondering. Like, it is like if you go study under like an amazing chef for a year and he berates you and treats you like shit, but you do walk away, you're like, oh, I know how to do this better. Like, are are you walking away with skills? Plenty of people go through uh, a total fucking hell. Yes. To, I went to someone who was considered to be a great acting teacher and he was a fucking son of a bitch and would just yell, I'm a super mean to everybody. But uh, like Sam Rockwell, his great guys went to him. And everyone just put up with it because he's yeah, like, well, he's but, supposed to be great. But then I saw Tony Hale was in my class. Tony Hale was in my class. And I saw Tony like five years after I moved to Hollywood. And I was like, so what would you think of William's class? He goes, oh, God, it was fucking garbage. I didn't learn a thing. <laughs> so it wasn't in the end. Of the, at the end, it was all reputation. Like you were yeah, but putting up still, with bullshit because sure, you thought that, it was cool. There are people who have minds for that, for sure. I feel like Frank is not in this position any longer where he is like an amazing, like, I'm going to pull this out of you. I feel like he's at the phase where he's just like, this porridge is cold. I toss it on my driveway from the second floor. Yeah. But are they learning? They're learning stuff about architecture at the same time. Maybe, but it's just, a, it's not normal that you're like the cutthroat industry of architecture. 
Look, it's, it's not, not like, like he's like top chefing architecture essentially. Yeah. yeah, I mean he's making people basically go through torture to give him a little bit of knowledge. Yes. Um, there was also a lot of sexual frustration among the young men at Dave the school. They outnumbered the women by a vast majority. Olga believed sex was a, quote, expression of one's essence on the path to spiritual development. So she was very involved in the sex lives of the apprentices. There we have it. You are a cult. Once you start fucking them, you're a cult. She's not fucking them. She's not fucking them? She would discuss the importance of orgasms and their influence on creativity and advise the men to, quote, seek each other out to compensate for the shortage of women. Prison. At least the milkmaids are free. I'm a, I'm a glass half full kind of person. Olga would line male apprentices up in I, two lines facing I, each other. I like where this is headed. Then pair them off and send them away to have sex with each other. Wow. They, I mean, it's, it's fully a cult. It, the second that like, someone has the power to just be like, you two fuck each other, d- despite gender or whatever, like that you are, I mean, this is a cult. This led to an abundance of gay orgies. It is a side product, yes. And, <laughs> and became known as the Sex Club. Okay. Olga was very comfortable with homosexuality. She counseled, Clearly. She counseled the apprentices and assured them that being gay was not a perversion. Frank was the same way. Most of his, his close friends were gay, and his innermost circle of favorite apprentices were uh, disproportionately uh, gay men. Olga urged many female apprentices to have relations with the straight male apprentices by explaining, quote, part of their function was to keep the boys of Taliesi in happy and content. So, well, it's a cult. You're it right. is for sure a cult. But now, I mean, she is just basically just saying everybody fuck everybody. Everybody fuck. Right, okay. But and the meanwhile, women are, Frank is the on the women. second floor being like, this stew's not warm. Ba, 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 ba. I'm the greatest. I'm the greatest. <laughs> Even Olga's own daughter, Ivana, was now grown and heavily involved in the sexual activities. Uh, shady. Olga would discuss her sex life with students. She said she and Frank had sex two or three times a day, and that Frank's sexual stamina, stamina quote, rivaled that of the legendary Indian yogis. Whom I've also fucked. (laughs) Lots of them. Frank's sexual appetite was so seemingly endless that she once consulted a doctor about it. Jesus Christ. He won't stop fucking. Doctor. Well, good luck. (laughs) During this time... Have you tried putting a meat tenderizer on the back of his neck? Yes. I've got nothing else. All he did was come. Yeah, I got nothing. During this time, Frank slowly made a professional comeback. He developed a new architectural design called the Usonian House, which was known for its unique open space planning. Frank thought by doing this, women would have a larger workspace, or what he called the kitchen. 
I felt like it was going there the second I heard the open floor. <laughs> it would make it easier. Yeah, you could make the food the right temperature in there so I don't have to throw the dishes out the goddamn windows. I'm the greatest. It would make it easier for housewives to keep track of their children and guess. This style set the precedent for... Post- yes, this house is perfect for the small mind of a woman. <laughs> for, it set the precedent for post-war suburban houses. As his designs became more experimental, Frank's behavior and personal style became stranger, too. That's possible? His typical outfit was a broad-brimmed hat, red-lined cape, and an embellished cane. Embell- what does an embellished cane mean? Uh, it's just like a candy cane? I am the greatest! <laughs> One neighbor said he came to a bank wearing a very nice suit and no shoes. In response to the teller's reaction... I'd like to withdraw a pair of shoes. (laughs) In response to the teller's reaction, Frank said, quote, You could do this if you weren't so straight-laced. Yeah, it's a bank. Anyway, what do you need? (laughs) Uh, But... Uh, MoMA curator Barry Begdahl said Frank was, quote, a bundle of contradictions, both socially progressive and incredible curmudgeon. When he designed a school for African-American children in the South, he boasted that he, quote, was doing something for the darkies. Well, you were. Um... Oh, and my. even though he had many Jewish clients, Frank would openly say America's entry into World War II was engineered by the Jews. Mm-hmm. So he held a lot of popular terms close to his heart. That's right. Mm-hmm. Frank's ego somehow got larger. How? When accepting a medal from the American Institute of Architects, he called himself, quote, the greatest architect who has ever lived. <laughs> Getting it yeah. from other architects. Yeah. I'm better than all of you, fucks. All right. I'm number one. Uh, I'll fight any of you. I'm the greatest. What? I am the greatest. Once when he was testifying in a trial. I need to fuck. <laughs> I need to put my penis in something. Now. Once when he was testifying in a trial, he said he was the greatest architect. When asked how he could verify such a claim, he responded, you forget I am under oath. <laughs> what kind of crazy shit? That, by the way, that is baller. That is awesome. That's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> uh, how do you prove that? I just said I did it in front of God. After several harsh winters in a row in Wisconsin, Frank gave his students a new project. Get rid of snow. <laughs> a second complex in the warm climate of Arizona. Over Boy, the next- this guy just loves the end of the spectrum. There's other places. You don't need to go to the Arctic or the desert. Yeah. Over the next few years... His apprentices built it by hand. Once complete, students spent the first half of the year in Wisconsin at the campus and the, the winter in the Arizona. Studio. Okay. Frank continued to take on big projects as he aged. If anything, he did his best work well into his 70s. Frank's most famous building, the Solomon R. Guggenheim Museum in New York City, took him 16 years to design. On uh, April 4th, 1959, Frank was hospitalized for abdominal pains. He underwent surgery. I need to come. <laughs> Someone whack me off. Hurry. Just jerk it. No, don't cut me uh, open. Just jerk the hurry. thing. There's a tube. You can get it all out. 
The dentist uses it to get the spit out of my mouth. Find one. <laughs> Guys, we're almost done. I mean, let's chill out. We're having some fun, right? Let's let her rip. Uh, so he died five days later on April 9th. Frank was buried in the Lloyd Jones Cemetery in Wisconsin beside his wonderful mother, Anna. Frank Lloyd Wright. And actually, Miriam, who crawled through the soil. <laughs> Hello, Frank. Uh, I'm here. It's Miriam. <laughs> Wrong Frank- casket. <laughs> Frank Lloyd Wright remains a celebrated and respected figure in architecture and history to this day. Eight of his buildings are on the list of UNESCO uh, World Heritage Sites. Frank is so famous that Paul Simon... Oh, no. But even after his death, (laughs) Paul Simon wrote a song, So Long, Frank Lloyd Wright. Um, But it was actually a song about uh, how he was going to leave Art Garfunkel. (laughs) And Art Garfunkel sang it with him and didn't realize until years later, he was like, oh my God, what a dick. <laughs> I don't know if that makes me like Paul Simon more or less. Oh, everything, should make, everything you should make him like, you le- like him less. Okay, thanks. He's a terrible person. But even after death, controversy followed Frank. When Olga neared her own death years later, her dying wish was to be cremated with Frank and Svetlana and buried together in a memorial garden at their Arizona home. Members of the Taliesin. Isn't that satisfying? Fellowship at the time illegally removed Frank's body from his grave. Jesus Christ. Cremated him. What? And sent the remains to Scottsdale, Arizona, where they were placed in the garden as Olga requested. The original gravesite in Wisconsin is still marked with Frank's name and headstone, but the plot is empty. That is dark. That's a cult. Yeah, you, that you is a cult. Don't, you're yeah. digging up yeah. a body and burning it. Yeah. You're in a cult. It's okay. We're going to mix the ashes. Oh, okay. I thought it was weird. Oh, yeah. Boy, that is crazy. I, I had no... Fun. I was just... Dude, I, I know was always the just name. Like, yeah, I like his building. I know the name. I know the name and know that he's an architect. I was like, yeah, he's a good architect. Fuck. Jesus Christ. It's hard. Sucker it's, for punishment. It's bad. You, yeah. guys, you guys made a bad person. <laughs> I just want to say that. He was damaged as shit. Yeah, it turns out uh, you can track that one back to the parents. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird, too, because they say childhood normally doesn't affect your adult life. Yeah, they usually say you can just blow... But Frank's an example of where it kind of did. Yeah, it's, it's one of the first, yeah, first one of the stories first and we've only. read. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, usually yeah. a kid can just totally... Weather that kind of shit. Yeah. You know, get meat tenderized and whatnot. Being, being forced to be an ar- architect at two. Mm-hmm. One wife for babies, one for fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one Well, this wife. room's quiet as shit. I don't yeah. know what to tell you. Uh, I apologize for everything that happened here tonight. Are you still Unitarian? Yes! I am still Unitarian! How many are not Unitarian after this show? <laughs> That's fair. What did, did you say? I? That's not the right time. Um, I don't know. I got nothing. Me. Guys, thank you so much for coming out. We appreciate the shit out of it. Really do appreciate it. Thank you. Love your city. Thank you.
All right. Uh, I want to read you the sources for this, uh, uh, the main sources, right? And New York, The Making of America's Architect by Anthony Alofson. Uh, Death in a Prairie House, a Frank Lloyd Wright and the Talisian Murders. Uh, William R. Drennan. The Fellowship, The Untold Story of Frank Lloyd Wright and the Talisian Fellowship. Uh, Roger Friedland and Harold Zellman. And Frank Lloyd Wright, A Life by Ada Louise Huxtable. And then uh, a ton of websites, um, books from the family, Frank's book, John's book, Olga Vana's book. Um, so they're all there. Go go check out the sources and uh, read them. You know what I'm saying? Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, the same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, fun half hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th. Adelaide, November 16th. Canberra, November 17th. Brisbane, November 18th. And then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it. After it. Let's see you there.